You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a Locker Room Production. What's going on, everybody? This is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation here with you for another BGN Radio Locker Room Special. It's always funny when I start these off because I'm not talking to anyone right now. If you're listening on the replay, I'm talking to you, of course. But if there's no live audience right now because I've yet to invite everyone. So let me go do that in real time so we can get some people in here to get this chat going. Make sure you download the Locker Room app. It's only iOS right now. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, they expand it in the future. But right now, sorry, just iOS. So, so make sure you do that. Danny is checking in without me even having to send out any invites, so that's really cool. Uh, let me get this send-all invite so we get the room full of followers here. Bear with me in the meantime. All right, just send it out so we get we should get people checking in here. Uh, big shout-out to Danny, of course, here in the chat for showing up, again, without me having to send an invite. Uh, good job by him. So... Uh, I see Seamus jumped in, so of course let me get him up here, my partner in crime, on these locker room chats as always. Shane, how's it going, man? What's up? Doing good. Just you know, it's funny because like I've been trying to do the intro for the pod uh, before like inviting everyone, just so for the people on the 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 replay, like it makes sense to them. Like it's yeah. not just like like taking forever to start. So so. uh yeah, there we go. I see uh, Cliff Bryce is back in the chat, so that's good to see. I see Matt Daring is here. Good friend. Uh, oh. Oh, oh, wow. Hmm. Wow. Wow, yeah. All right, so what do we got, Shane? What are we talking about tonight? Uh, we're doing Carolina's Darnold trade. We have uh, Nick Sirianni, a uh, hater of Banana Route today, and Fran Dunphy's <laughs> excellent breakdown on Eagles X's and O's. There's a 25-minute video on YouTube on the official Eagles page that I recommend people checking out for more insight into Nick Sirianni. And I think he's bringing a lot of enthusiasm to the table. Some of it is something that I might've made fun of. I tweeted this. If another team's coach was this over the top, I may have like laughed it off, but I find some of it endearing. Yeah. It's kind of funny to me. Like if the Eagles, I think the way I think about it is if the Eagles uh, front office didn't have me so disillusioned, like yeah. I wasn't so disillusioned with that. I'd probably be a lot more excited about Nick Sirianni and you know I don't know like him being an energy guy doesn't mean like he's a good coach (laughs) but but whatever I'll I'll take it it's fine it's just I kind of almost don't like it just because I feel like people are like falling into the trap of like thinking that means he's good but whatever if people are gonna get excited about that I'm gonna not tell them not to I mean there's there's no reason to really be excited for this team and we've said this throughout these sessions and on our respective podcasts and writing that this is the least I mean I've been a fan, fan of like six or seven years old. This is the least exciting off season I've seen in my entire life. What's going on, Matt? Hey. hey. What's up, Matt? Long time. Yeah. It's been a while since I talked to somebody who's not like my wife or my boss. Mm. How's that? Uh it's all right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But you mean talking to you guys? Yeah, I guess. Oh, I mean, you, 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 that's you bad. Talked I don't to me. like it. You've talked to me before, that's happened. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I see. You. I do see you a lot. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, it's it's great to have you. Yeah, bud. yeah. What's... The return. The return. Here I am, ready to talk about sports. <laughs> What's on your mind, Matt? Uh, I'm sorry I missed the last one because I really wanted to shit talk Carson Wentz. Mm, can okay. I curse on here? Or is that you not can, allowed? and you can also okay. do that. It's a, it's all very free flowing conversation. All right, good. I just don't want to get in trouble for using language. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but uh, I guess that that ship has sailed. I'm I'm curious what you guys think about the new head coach. I haven't really been following it very much. I mm-hmm. I did notice that Eagles social media has been like awfully heavy on the like guys who aren't here anymore kind of stuff i feel like i saw a bunch of brian westbrook it was today. touchdown tuesday brian westbrook edition today it seems oh is it you don't have it anyone on the roster to showcase touchdowns of yeah. really 
Yeah. That's a bad sign. Here, here's a here's a poll. Who on the roster has the most touchdowns? I mean, I don't know the answer, but I bet it's like, <laughs> I bet it's somebody, and I bet it's twelve. Goddard. Uh, yeah. Nate. I mean, Ertz probably. Well, but, I I, I yeah. had him out of the team on my mind. Yeah. So yeah, if, if, oh, yeah. If we're not counting him. Um, Goddard, because he was here here a year longer than Sanders, I would say. I yeah. think it would have to be Goddard. I'm looking this up right now. It's really sad that we it, this can't is, answer. This is not. Is it Greg? Well, hang Boyd? on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you before you look it up, Seamus, what do you think? Do you think that the the person with the most touchdowns in their career on the Eagles has more or less than sixteen? Let's say Goddard had I think like eight in 2019. I'll say Goddard has about sixteen. I'll Say a little over because it's been three okay. years. We'll make it sixteen. We'll make it fifteen and a half. So you want I to say, say over? over? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll do that too. All right, Brandon. What is it? I'm looking and I'm seeing. I think it's well. Actually, I think it's a tie. If we're talking about uh, running and receiving combined, yeah. Uh, I think Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard both have twelve. <laughs> that's in. Who else would it be? I don't. I, no, that's. Yeah. I meant like I thought. I, that those totals are so little, but you know, again, it makes sense. Greg oh, Ward's yeah. at like seven. Yeah, Goddard, pretty low. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> Jeez. That's fun. That's pretty cool. Are you guys excited? How much does Boston Scott have? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I'm look, I have it blown up now. He has combined. Oh, he has one receiving touchdown, so he has seven total touchdowns. Tied with Greg Ward, yeah. Yeah. So That's wow. it. I mean, you, you can't even, like, you know. If, like the quarterback. I mean, obviously, yeah. passing touchdowns are different, but like Jalen Hurts only has if you if you combine his uh, throwing and rushing, he has he has those six throwing, and then he has what like a couple rushing. He has three rushing, so he's nine. He only has nine. Pretty good. You guys excited? <laughs> yeah, excited about the twenty twenty one Eagles. Uh, hot t- yeah. hot take here in the chat from Steve Duke. <laughs> saying that Travis Fulgham will have better production than Kenny Galladay in twenty twenty one. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Seems unlikely, but I, I wrote about this in do like the weekly mailbag feature that this week's dropped earlier this morning. And I said if there's anyone that might benefit the most from the Sirianni hire, it could be Fulgham in the sense that he seemed after that really terrific stretch he had, that four or five game stretch, uh, was in Doug's doghouse. And now Sirianni's coming in here, the new coaching staff. He has a history as a wide receivers coach. Maybe he can maximize him. I think, think he was in the doghouse. Yeah, I think the playing. thing he got he lost snaps and he, he did good in the, at the end of that Arizona game, and that was only because guys were out. I think yeah. the thing with, with Fulgham is like he kind of he's a guy who kind of I think he wasn't grinding quite as hard as the coaches kind of would have liked, and it just seemed like he kind of had a taste of success and maybe kind of like sat back. That's just some of the speculation on my part, but I, that seemed to be the read and what it was out there. And obviously, he did something. Like something happened where the coaching staff like didn't want to put him on the field, and I think that was dumb. I think they still should, should have. But uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, new, new coaching staff kind of maybe motivates him more. Maybe uh, you know lights a fire under him more, which like seems like it kind of needs to happen. Might be like an effort thing in there. But Do you think I believe he, uh, stopped going to Bible study. <laughs> I believe I believe in the ability still. Which, so I had a question. Uh, so I kind of talked about this in the, the mailbag, not to pu- plug this a million times. But do you see him as a starter this year? Like the hypothetical I had was him as the X receiver, Devonta Smith, or Jalen Waddle as the receiver receiver, and then Jalen Rager in the slot. What's the question? Like, do you think he's a starting wide receiver on this team this year? I mean, he's... But he's I'm a- not saying that he's a starting receiver for every team in the league or he's a starting right, right. just for this respective crappy team. I mean, who's a better X option than him? Exactly. I mean, Ortega Whiteside would be the other like obvious X option. Oh yeah, definitely him. He's also <laughs> bad. He's actually yeah. terrible at football. So that he might not make the team. Yeah. yeah, definitely That's him. Fun. I'm picking him. All right, James Gregory is uh, requesting to speak. Let's get him up. What's going on, James? Hey, James. Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? Enjoying this beautiful uh, day. I, yeah, likewise. Um, so I had two that I wanted to bring up, and we can talk about whichever one you guys want to. But uh, the first I put in the chat, I believe that Doug is going to be the first head coach to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. No other head coach has done that before. They usually win it with one franchise. That's the first one. Uh, and the second one is 
I think Howie Roseman, obviously, he can build a Super Bowl roster. He's done that before. But he can only do it if he's dispassionate about the roster in front of him. And what I mean is, after 2015, when he was sort of pushed to the one side of the building, he came back and looked at the roster and went, this isn't mine, this is Chip Kelly's. And he was able to sort of make logical moves to build it into a contender. But he can't do that now because this is still his baby, and he's just too emotionally attached to it. So whichever one of those you guys want to talk about. I feel like I'm the biggest Doug guy out there. And, I mean, he didn't get a job this offseason. I don't know if that was by his own design or there wasn't a lot of bite around the league. I thought potentially the Jets would have been an option for him there given the the Joe Douglas connection. If he's he's been set up in the air of this family, he would be close by theoretically. I know he has since sold his house. That could have been a kind of a a, a do over of the beginning of the Wentz era where they have the sec they tr- they have the second pick in the draft. They draft this non power five conference player and Zach Wilson. Obviously their skill sets aren't exactly similar. They're not the same size of players. Um, but I thought that'd be, like, be a situation where we say, hey, we saw Doug could work his magic a little bit with Wentz. Obviously, his career didn't go exactly where people wanted. He did maximize Nick Foles a- around with a you know strong coaching staff underneath of him. And maybe we try to recapture that magic again here with Zach Wilson. So I thought that was going to be a landing spot. We heard some buzz about him maybe being the offensive coordinator in Seattle. And I, I, that- I mean... Go ahead, sorry, sorry. Maybe that he would have taken over for Carroll in a year or two, and Carroll would have either retired or resigned to just a front office role. But I don't know. I, I, would, I would hope he gets a coaching job in 2022. I didn't want the Eagles to fire him. I thought the, the quarterback and the general manager were bigger problems for the organization in 2020 than he was. I think he was a tad scapegoated and, and was dealt a bad belt a bad hand from both sides, both offensively with the quarterback and the players on the team. I would like to see him maximize what we could see from Jalen Hurts this year, but that's obviously, you know, discussion we were on a few months back. I agree with you completely. Well, here's the thing. I think this offseason he looked at the Jets and the Texans, and he's coming off like a season where the Eagles were clearly so dysfunctional. And the Texans and Jets, even though there's the Joe Douglas uh, connection, I think he just thought, you know, if I'm going to do this and I can come in as a Super Bowl winning head coach, I want to go to a place that's shown me that they're a little more stable and they'll give me the keys to the car and I can really build this. I think if he went into the Jets or the Texans, he would kind of repeat the nightmare that he kind of felt with with the Eagles. And again, I don't know uh, if that's the case. I thought it sounded like he got fired because he just refused to build a staff. That he just was like, no, I like all these guys and, and, you know, more or less disobeyed like a direct order to like get his shit together. I th- he fell yeah. on the sword for Press Taylor. Well, I think he was just being tired of, I think he, he wanted, was tired of being told what wanted, to do. He wanted to fire himself in a weird way or something. He wasn't yeah. gone. He wasn't gone. Well, he didn't want to fail on someone else's terms. He wanted to fail on his own. You know what I mean? Like he didn't want to be like, you have to do this, but then if you fail, you're fired. It's like, no, well, just fire me now. That's exactly it. And I think he thinks he can bring that clout into a new organization and say, look, if you're going to let me be the coach, I want to do it my way. And I think the Texans and the Jets, he just thought, like, those two organizations haven't really proven themselves recently. I feel like if you want to do it my way, there's no better way to do it than in New York, baby. (laughs) No, I I was a little surprised that he didn't get a job. Guys, why do you think that happened? I don't think he wanted one. I think he wanted to wait. Yeah. I really do. I think he's burned it. I feel like these jobs sound like they suck. Yeah. It, well, could, be, it could be a little bit of both. He's also under contract through 2022, so this oh, season yeah, and so, next so year. he'll be working for free. Yeah, so he's still getting paid, you know. Yeah, and, and mm, I, I, like, I love Doug, that lifestyle. Doug, yeah, Doug just looked – he just looked like so tired and just like so beaten down like yeah. throughout last season. It just seemed like a year off just made like so much sense. He did, he did look like a man who was like – hoping to get fired yeah he was i think yeah i, I remember he lost, there was... that, he lost that game for us though. Me, yeah. he like got up there and said i love that yes. game on purpose and, and i love him for that yeah doug's People love doug per- hmm. connection's bad james i'm gonna put you down if, if you want to cross to speak you can uh do that again but the connection's bad right now maybe in a year or two he ends up in cincinnati zach taylor's gone and he has joe burrow that'd be a good landing spot for him 
He's going to pop up somewhere again. Yeah. You, know, you, feel like, you feel like Zach Taylor uh, could leave if Joe Burrow is like, okay. I feel like if Joe Burrow is like, is any good, then Zach Taylor, well, maybe not. Maybe It seemed like he was even on the hot seat this past year. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um a year before Burrow too, and that didn't go over super well. I guess that's why they had the first pick, right? What do you guys think about all the the Sean Watson fallout? I feel like we saw that with the um with the uh, Jets trade, obviously, but yeah, uh, the, the Jets trading Darnold. But uh, what else do you think is uh, is going to happen because of that? You think uh, Teddy Bridgewater might be headed to Houston, or <laughs> your your friend? You know, my good personally. my good my good personal friend Teddy Bridgewater. I definitely do think that's like why the 49ers trade happened. Like I think they were holding out hope that they could get him and they realized, all right, we can't, let's just move up. And I think the Panthers pretty much, it was like their only plan. I remember even reading about that, like David Tepper, like that was like his plan basically was to get to Sean. Like he was all in on that. And then like they can't. So they had to pivot to a very suspect option <laughs> training for yeah. Sam Darnold. Uh, where does Teddy end up? Like, it's a good question. Like, because there's talk like you could go back to the Saints, but I mean, why yeah. are the why That's are the all Panthers unsettled? They'll have three quarterbacks. Oh, my God, th- three quarterbacks who probably shouldn't be three starting quarterbacks. Right? Yeah, yeah, three three, three, three like, backup three, like, quarterbacks. Pretty, pretty bad ones. Yeah, That's three cool. backup quarterbacks. That's like one and a half starters. Yeah, who else is still unsettled? I feel like the Broncos are still unsettled. Yeah, well, I think I think they, they are. England didn't bring back Cam. That seemed like a fit. Yeah, I think I think they're going to stick with Locke, even though that's stupid. But uh, although I guess well, like draft Fields or Lance, right? Yeah, with well, that's the thing with this Darnold trade. Like, does a quarterback fall to them now? Like, I could see them taking Mac Jones. I guess right. You like Mac Jones? You kind of talked me into him a little bit. I don't think he's going to be like some stud. I, I like the comp of less losery Kirk. Yeah, Kirk. I think that's who he is. I mean, look at his profile. Like, this is a guy who. I call him Mac Truck because he's huge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally, just, I, I lost my train of thought with you. Denver. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I just I think like it's just it's fun to be like oh this guy sucks like he's not any good. I don't know like look what he did at Alabama like they're pretty successful he's he's accurate. Those like gas him up saying the way he yeah. throws the ball. Uh, yo, um, what's his name? Uh, Waddle said he's better than Tua, and Tua went freaking what, like five last year. The Dolphins five, like yeah. traded up for him. So like, why is it so insane? Like that Mac Jones could go, and I'm not even saying I don't think he's the third best player in the draft. So I think it's ridiculous. You know, the 49ers kind of take him just from that standpoint. But like, I don't know. Seems like a top ten, top fifteen kind of guy. I mean, there's no way he falls behind the Patriots, right? Um, I don't really, have, I don't really have a take on this. I mean, my my, my only thought was that they uh, like a lot of these guys do suck. I mean, I think if he doesn't go three, I see I, he could fall into the teens. We see we've seen quarterbacks fall into the teens and twenties who could have went one, could have went top three, could have went top five before. He seems like the guy who could have been maybe it's Justin Fields this year if Mac Jones goes three. The in a non COVID, non pandemic world, the guy who's sitting in the green room for six hours on that Saturday. Do you know what I mean? Here's a question. Uh, let's get this is for you, Seamus. I'm going to say sure. because. Uh, some Steve Duke. Hey guys, what round are you going to be looking at running back? If uh, Etienne falls to our second pick, do you take him? I know you talked about running back on the uh, the, the mock draft you did on BGN Radio. Yeah, I think that's a little early for me. I get he's super productive. I think he had 72 touchdowns in college, which is just absolutely bonkers. Super talented. He does have a lot because of that. He does have a lot of wear on him. I don't really want to go with. Running back that high with a 37th pick, I think there's a chance, especially if you go offense on, on day one, if whether you're picking in, you know, a skill position guy is what I kind of hopefully want to do between Smith or Waddle. I, I think you got to come out with, you know, two defensive starters on day two, especially with 37. That's, you know, like in a joking way, you could have someone that, you know, the Eagles are going to have guys that have first round grades on dropping. 237 just inevitably that's that's the way it's going to happen and if you know you're getting a cornerback there you think can be a starter day one opposite uh Darius Slay or you think there's you know even a linebacker that's good enough to warrant that pick whether they value maybe Jabril Cox that high maybe someone else falls those types of things uh the highest I would take one I, I mean I did one mock draft uh you can subscribe to my newsletter from Broadsheet with love uh patreon.com backslash Shamelessness for Clancy did one mock draft there where I took Michael Carter at 80 I guess it's 84 now uh, that's probably right where the highest I would pick a running back is. I really like Michael Carter from North Carolina. I love his ability out of the back, 
out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And since he was in a shared backfield with the Tar Heels this past season, uh, Javante Williams, who will actually probably go ahead of him in the draft, um, there's not a lot of wear on him the same way that you know, that was a positive from Miles Sanders coming out of Penn State, too. So, you know, 84 is probably the highest that would go. But then, you know, if you're going on round four or round five, maybe the pick 123, pick 150, I would be targeting a guy like JVN Hawkins or Shuba Hubbard or the two guys I kind of like in that range. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely going to draft one at some point. They um, have to draft one, I think. But it depends if – I don't see that being a second-round guy. I could see them, you know – getting a little ahead of themselves and taking them in the third round, which I'd be okay with. Um, and then I think they definitely have to take one at the latest, you know, between round four and round five. All right, let's get our guy Cliff Bryce up Cliff. here. It's, it's been too long since we've heard from Cliff. What's going on, it's been Cliff? been too long since I've seen those biceps. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. So I heard you guys talk about quarterback slipping, and I saw that 25-minute um, tape study with Nick Sirianni this morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you guys really caught it, but I'm like, none of this stuff fits Hurts. Mm. I'm not a big all-22 guy, but I'm going to go back and check it out. I really don't know a lot, but I'll ask people. But I don't remember Hurts throwing to the middle of the field. I remember Hurts throwing with anticipation. I remember Nick Foles throwing with a lot of anticipation. And I'm like, if Fields falls to us at 12, I think I'd lose my mind if we don't take him. Because the stuff that Nick Sirianni was talking about, I don't see it fitting Hurts. What do you guys think? Yeah, I saw you tweeting about that, uh, Cliff. Um, I, I mean, this is no way... Fields falls that far, right? I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's possible, but like, I mean, we saw the. I know there's some like dog whistling that goes on with it, but there people saying like, oh, some teams yeah. have a fourth round gate on them. I yeah. think if they loved Fields, they would have just stayed at six. Right, that's that's, that's the thing. I thought too. Yeah, but I thought that they were afraid. Of, I thought they were afraid that Atlanta was going to take them at four. But now that mm. report came out with Arthur and um, I forgot the name of the GM not agreeing on whether to take a quarterback or not, or whether to trade back or not. Uh, Dimitrov, I think he's never traded back in the first round, right? Wasn't that something that was going around last year? I believe so, Matt. Yeah, that's a good point. He's gone. But yeah, yeah, he's gone. gone? Yeah, Yeah. they fired him last season. But 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 yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much of that though. Pour one out. Yeah, I wonder how much of that too might be an organizational thing. You never know. I mean, Arthur Blank. I was like, I was worried. Pretty hands on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? If he passes Denver. I can see either the Patriots we have to try to get him, but I was like, hey, if he passes Denver, he's in the clear for us. I think I heard uh, Arthur Blank fire Dimitrov because he shops at Lowe's. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> I think the facts check out. Yeah, I heard that. I think that's crazy. We'll get our intern fact checker on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to bring up Dwayne Green here because he was talking about, he says he has some reasons for optimism about the sequel season, which is... I'd like to hear them. I'm into it. It's definitely needed for me because everyone accuses me of being too negative. So let's hear the other side. Let's uh, go. Dwayne. I'm ready for it. What do you got, Dwayne? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, so I'd just like to talk about some reasons for optimism. I think that uh, some things to be excited about are... uh, One thing I mentioned in the chat was... um, Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson coming back. I think that a big problem with our offense last year was the fact that our offensive line was just so banged up, you know, it was historically um, injured. And uh, just being able to have a little bit more time in the pocket would allow us to take those downfield shots. You know, we kind of added a lot of speed to our team, but I feel like we didn't really get to utilize it last year um, due to just 
Dolphins of line, Carson Wentz being the way he is, he kind of got frantic in the pocket there after a while. And um, also, uh, I really want us to get Devontae Smith in the draft. I think that uh, with a couple more plate markers, like we could have a pretty explosive offense this year. Um, our defense still has some things to worry about, but um, I was kind of wondering what you guys had to say about that. I mean, if Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson are healthy and they're playing, they're obviously, they can still be the best at their position, I think, as, as recent as a year or two ago. The case could be made for both of those guys being the, respectively the best right guard and right tackle in football. But you're talking about two guys who are on the wrong side of 30 who have, you know, would be kind of considered injury prone at this point, as much as, you know, I think they're both franchise legends, guys who should be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. This isn't a slight on them, that's just the aging curve. And I think it's hard to bank on those guys being, you know, not only just healthy for, you know, 10, 12 games, but at 16 game season, because we've seen, you know, 17. multiple seasons, 17 game season. Yeah, even hotter now. Where we've seen, you know, Brooks has had multiple season ending uh, injuries. We've seen what happened with Lane the last couple of years. And, you know, again, if they're there, they're healthy. Maybe it works this year. Maybe they can squeak it out to 2022. But they are going to need some turnaround in this offensive line. But I agree that with, even if, you know, they have other guys in there, whether it's, you know, Jack Driscoll, who I liked last season when I saw from him. You know, Jordan Maylotta is the full-time starter at left tackle. You know, Isaac Samalo takes a bit of a lead. Jason Kelsey's still here bringing stability. I think there's, you know, even if we're not getting fully those two guys the whole season, there's there's certainly room to improve on the offensive line just from the development i like to see from Maylotta, Samalo, and, you know, not always having the quarterback's blind side in such a flux like it was this past yeah. season. What about Andre How do you Dillard? feel about taking um, Arshon Slater, uh, Barrett Tucker, in the draft then? If that would share up our offensive line, or do you think we need to focus on cornerback? Um, because I remember Brandon, a couple of podcasts ago, he was talking about how with the new cover two scheme, cornerback kind of falls lower mm-hmm. on the priority list just because... I agree. I think safety is more important in the modern NFL than cornerback. And specifically for this system, I, I would value a safety more. Just so happens, it doesn't seem like a super strong safety class. I really love Trevon Mulrig. If you listen to the latest episode of From the Bleachers, I did a, uh, a live mock draft using the, the Draft Network's mock draft simulation. Shout out to Benjamin Solak with that. Uh, and I traded down in the draft and picked up Mulrig, who's a safety from TCU, kind of the perfect safety prospect you want uh, for 2021. Uh, can lay the wood, but also has phenomenal ball skills, is great in coverage, can play them all over the place. That's what I want from a safety who can do a little bit of everything awesome rather than just being this, this you know, old-school, fierce box safety hitter. I, I don't really want Jamal Adams in 2021. I want someone who is more in this archetype, and I think he'd fit awesome in the Jonathan Gannon cover two system, but I'm not sure if the Eagles are really comfortable taking him at 12. And I think after enduring a 4-11-1 season, it may seem weird to, you know, draft this safety that people have pegged as a, you know, a late first rounder uh, player um, at the 12th pick. Maybe if they trade down, I'm, you know, in, in general, I don't want to trade down. It couldn't make sense. I really do like him. And if they were to pick him up, maybe I'd, you know, talk myself into it. I just did a mock draft that played out that way myself. Um, but I don't, I don't really know about a cornerback there. I know people would probably be okay with Sertain or Horn. They both seem pretty good. But uh, unless they have tremendous ball skills uh, and are playmakers and are kind of – it's hard to be a game wrecker as a cornerback. We talk about that with defensive linemen all the time. It's hard to do that uh, from the outside unless you're consistently getting, you know, five or six interceptions per year and at least one or two you're taking back to the house. So I really like a safety there. It just doesn't happen to seem to be the year for that to happen. I, I said it on last week's locker room, we did. I'll say it again. It's like seven of the last nine Howie Roseman, well, seven of the only nine Howie Roseman first-round picks are linemen. So, I mean, it's like a pretty, pretty decent bet that they're going to go. I think it's going to be like Quiddy Pay. I really do. I think that's – I'd just say they're most likely pick today. I think that's the guy. I think they're going to go edge rusher. You know, you look at Brandon Graham, he's getting older. Derek Burnett is only signed through this year. Derek, uh, Josh Wett only signed through this year. Uh, I just think that's the direction they're going to go. Uh, maybe an offensive lineman falls there. Maybe it's Slater. Um, wouldn't say that's impossible either. Would be underwhelmed by it. But I think part of It's why, underwhelming, but like you can understand it. You, know I can, you, under, you I can, can understand the Slater pick where he could, he could contribute at guard this year if, if Brooks isn't healthy and then eventually take over at right tackle. It could be a situation like that where I understand what they're doing there, but it's not it's not sexy. It doesn't invigorate the fan base after a really rough season and an off season where there's, there's no optimism, even though it could be the best long-term play for, you know, 2023. 
part of what frustrates me about it is I feel like it's like how we kind of acknowledging like, look, I can't draft wide receiver or cornerback. Like it's, it's never happened for me. And, you know, last year, obviously fresh in the mind with Rager. And it's just like, I'm going to go back to what works. I'm going to play the hits like on offensive line, defensive line, because that's where I kind of do the best. I would kind of push back on that a little bit just because I feel like um, I think a lot of it had to do with we know that our last defense coordinator had a lot of say with uh, drafting, you know, and he loved the trenches. You know, he we pay our defensive linemen more than everybody else in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be really That's excited. a hallmark that goes back to Andy and, and Joe Banner, the foundation of the Howie Roseman system where – this is how they built the team for this entire 21st century. Yeah, good football's built in the trenches. As I mean, said. yeah, we've seen it's it's all we've known under Jeff Lurie uh, is is picking at least since the dawn of the Reed era, and certainly we've been in retreads with that with Doug and Howie's is a leftover from who came up during that time period. You know, they they draft defensive and offensive linemen. That's what they do. I think, uh, yeah, oh, I'm really hoping they will pass on Smith or Waddle. I I would be excited about that too. I, I kind of, if you guys don't mind, I got one more thing I'd like to bring up. Yeah, sure. Just um, our quarterback. Uh, he is a beast, man. I think that we give him a lot of hate just because, uh, you know, he came in and he performed those last couple of games. But we were kind of apologizing for Wentz for the last, like, two years because of, like, the cast around him. And I think that, you know, um, Jalen Hurts came in and he perf- he looked better than Wentz did um, in, those, in that four-game stretch, I would say. And... Uh, the reason I want to say that, like, I think we have a little bit of optimism is just because I kind of see it as more of just a down year rather than um, writing Jalen Rager off as a bad player, you know, or just I think a lot of things kind of fell not our way last year. And I think that with a couple lucky bounces this year, I think things could I'm not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think we could be a competitive team that is definitely more better than a six win team. We could be a bad team, but um, I think it's. I don't think it's outside of the realm possibility that we put a pretty good solid season together. I so we did a show for the SB Nation NFL show this week that was like uh, most controversial takes, and I lean on the side of the Eagles being closer to competing for the number one overall pick than I do to them actually being good. But I think my my where I came down it ultimately is like I think you can make the case that they have the widest range of outcomes because I think they could totally yeah. bottom out. I think there. I mean, like if you're talking about the conversation of, like, the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL next season. I mean, Hertz is in there, right? Like, I, this isn't me trying to be down on him. I'm just saying, like, he's a candidate in that group, right? Like, wouldn't, isn't that fair to say? But he's also a candidate for, like, one of the biggest – he could have one of the biggest breakout years as well. You know? Sure. Yeah, and, and there's upside. And I, I don't want to, you know, say that's not possible. But I'm just saying, like, if you're looking at the floor, I think floor – is like worst yeah, starter in the scary. league. That floor is scary. I was just telling my fiance the other day, I was like, my worst nightmare is that Howie moved down from six where he could have got one of these quarterbacks, and he does not know if Hurts is a franchise quarterback. I was like, in this league, you either know who your franchise quarterback is or you're searching for him. And I was like, and if Hurts, the worst thing Hurts could do for us next year is come in and be just okay. Yep. Just yep. okay to get us to nine and seven or seven and nine. And now we're out of reach for the quarterback we could get next. And then all those first round picks we just traded for, we now have to trade up to get the second or first to get the next guy. I think that's exactly like what the trade down was kind of like. That was that They're was hedging. the trade. Yeah, that the trade down hearts. was made with that possibility in mind in, in case like they get stuck in the middle and they have to make a move. I think that's exactly to their credit, like having some foresight and like trying to battle against that I, I think I, I totally agree with that I know but like if we're in the middle we'll be around like 15 13 like now and the Colts we know the Colts are going to the playoffs like we do not I think, know that I mean Carson yeah. Wentz aside they're like, they're like a plug and play team <laughs> their division they, is they, bad like, old Phil Rivers brought I mean, them to the playoffs Titans like, have if, made the playoffs in the noise like we don't he was he Texans was terrible last year he, he, could, he bad. could be bad yeah, I, I agree. Lawrence could also yeah. come in and be was, unbelievable right away from day one. He was awful last year. He was completely awful last year. There's a situation where he's the third best quarterback in that division Matt, next year, assuming Watson isn't playing. I want to get. I don't think but, Watson's playing. Well, then oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he could be third after you could see Lawrence coming in and being, you know, a stud right away the way you no know, Andrew Luck was. Matt said he had a Carson Wentz thing. So since we just touched on the Colts and and uh, <laughs> Wentz. Uh, no better time to hear it. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I necessarily. I just want to know. Like, all right, 
I think that we all kind of agree that he, he basically sort of played his way out of here. He, he seemed like an asshole. And he sort of played like an asshole. And I guess I just wanted to know, do you think that this is something he does as a person? Or do you think that this, I mean, do you think that, do you think he's a bad person, basically? No, I, that, that's not my question. <laughs> I I do think that uh, that I felt like I was just done with him. I, yeah. I wanted to be over way. so badly. That was just inching, yeah. inching to the end of the season, it felt like. Well, yeah, what what was what was happening there? Do you think that um, do you think that this was a decision that he made, or do you think that this was just something that? I mean, do you think this was injury? I kind of don't think it was. I think that this was like, Big you know, this was a conscious time. effort. This guy just like just like sort of tried so hard that he he played his way out of a job. I think you mean arrogance. tried so hard in the way that he was trying to like be bad on purpose? Uh, just, he was like way into his own head, trying like you know, type A, like, was doing way, way, way too much. Yeah, I think that. that I think, that, I think like... that's that's certainly plausible and probably part of it. We've seen, you know, that type of personality that he's had. I'm not, I'm not speaking to intend to him as a person, you know, outside of football, outside of the locker room. Obviously, I have no insight into that, but it seemed like, you know, his personality, you know, clashed a bit in the locker room. Uh, there seemed to be certainly a, a lack of accountability. What do you think that means? What? That what think... he d- Accountability. Yeah, the, the, uh, they, yeah, but you know, what we, do you think we've seen personality clash means. I guess I'm always curious how this works. I don't really know any. I don't know anything about managing like a large group of people or managing personalities or anything. It like seemed this, like he but... didn't connect with a lot of players. Maybe he yeah. didn't have a lot of relationships out of a few key guys on the team. He wasn't. I'm not saying that. You know, Jalen Hurts <laughs> or Nick Foles was talking to the the practice squad guys. You know, every single day after practice and you know in the mornings before game day. But it that seems to be the noise from it. That's what we've seen from. The Alshon Jeffrey report, Josina Anderson, Joe Santaclita, uh, things other people have you know heard through the grapevine. Yeah, I, don't think... I just I always wonder. I always wonder what. The... Sorry, Brandon, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I don't. I don't think it's a clash as much as it's just like a disconnect. Yeah. I think is the is really the word to, yeah. I'd use. How do you think the team would have looked different last year if uh, Carson Wentz had been convinced that the only people who could catch the ball were the ones in Bible study? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> but really though. No. Do you think the team would have looked any different? I mean, I think there's, I think that's part of it in terms of like he had his guys, and I think we saw that come out. You know, and Alshon complained about like you know too much Ertz and everything. I feel like and, that's so weird, right? That that to me is that's bizarre. Like, what is this like a weird sales job? Is this like Glengarry Glenn Ross or something where like only Zach Ertz is getting the good leads? Hmm. Like, how on earth is this? Like, how on earth was this like a guy like an adult man who's just like. Oh, I don't know about like this guy. I'm not going to throw him the ball because like I don't feel like he and I connect about you know the the book of Josiah or whatever. Well, like, I think it's it's not just that. I think that's that's a factor. Well, but fine, also but like not trusting where he is on the field and stuff, and not trusting the system. Maybe like you know, everyone says that was like a rhythm player. The ball needed to really be at a certain spot for him. Man, he had no interest. Have the confidence to throw that ball. I want to get uh, Julian involved up here because I caught him up the stage earlier, but he hasn't been able to speak since. Um, sure. If, if he's there. Hey, yeah. Uh, What's up, Julian? I just wanted to, hey, uh, good discussions uh, so far. I just wanted to say something about, uh, you know, drafting a quarterback in the first round, like it was mentioned earlier with Fields. And I just think, like, this whole thing about, like, oh, they were thinking about trading up to number three, and then, oh, uh, but we, you know, we thought, like, Wilson you know, wasn't worth it, but we wanted Wilson. Like, I just. I never believe that. I, I just think, like, we've heard a lot of different conflicting stuff coming out of the Eagles. And to me, that one seems like they have scouts or something like that inside the building that, like, are not sold on Hertz. And mm-hmm. they are fighting for, uh, you know, like an alternative. Yes. But then, but then, so then they kind of throw this rumor out to kind of, like, throw these guys a bone. Like, oh, no, no, we're pursuing all our options. We're, like, being diligent. And really, I think they've made up their mind on Hertz because we we saw that rumor come out earlier this offseason about uh, Jeffrey Lurie kind of sending out this edict. And, like, to me, that one, there's kind of no incentive for them to be intentionally leaking that one. It just makes them look bad. Whereas this one, like, I can definitely see the incentive for them to put that out there and want people to think that. Whereas well, the other one, it, it I believe it because it doesn't seem like there's an incentive. The the thing I I guess think about it I don't know if if you agree with this Julian but like I feel like the Wilson thing is out there in part because of like those people like can be like well 
we like if Hertz fails, they're like, well, we wanted Wilson, we wanted Wilson. You know what I mean? Like we didn't want to ride with Hertz. Like they can kind of like try to shirk the blame. Right. I can see that. Yeah. But I, I think, um, yeah, that's another. I hadn't really thought about that, but I mean, I definitely, you know, could see that kind of like this thing about you know Doug supposedly being the one who wanted to choose Rager or whatever. Yeah, I was, um, I was just thinking which, about that too. Yeah, that's very relevant. It's like, oh, well, the scouts wanted Justin Jefferson, and guess who? Uh, guess who leaked that out? You know, <laughs> guess where that right. comes from? Actually, speaking of Rager, I, I, it just something that I thought was kind of funny from that uh, Sirianni film breakdown that came out was like he was talking about how he hates banana routes. And I felt like he was just describing exactly how Rager runs his routes, but a hundred and ten percent agree with you. Doghouse already. I was like, either he's saying Maybe, like, yeah. yeah, we're gonna fix Rager, because Rager's explosive. Like I look at Rager, I'm like, yo, Rager fits this system perfectly if he just cleans up his route running. I also thought that um Fogel would be really great for this route, like for this system. And I also thought Smith. I was like, Oh, all this stuff makes sense. Hurts didn't make sense for me much there, but hey. I say it every week, bring me Devontae Smith at number 12. Do it. Bring it to me. I oh, need it. I thought you were a Jalen Waddle guy. We had a big back and forth the other day. <laughs> we had a big deliberation for the SB Nation NFL mock, which, by the way, uh, had a, a wrench thrown into it, obviously, with the Panthers trade. They, they restarted the mock. Oh, my God. At the Panthers pick, so I don't even know if I'm going to get Devontae now. Who knows? I feel like I'm at such a disadvantage because everyone knows who I was going to take now and uh, I might get sniped by the Giants there at 11. But... Hopefully not. I think Smith is exactly who this team needs in terms of just mindset too, and, and like obviously being a good player first, but also just like beyond that, uh, beyond the talent, just like having the mindset that this team needs. Like a guy who is just like a dog who just wants to win, as Matt Daring likes to say, he just has that dog in him. Uh, a famous <laughs> thing, like a guy that loves football. The guy who loves loves ball. We want ball. guys who he loves ball. ball. Yeah, okay. loves ball. He loves ball. Big ball guy. Big ball guy. <laughs> Speaking of, oh, I, uh, I heard is, Doug Peterson's is, getting a burner Instagram account. Do you guys uh, know yeah. what his uh, handle's going to be? Bleeding Green Insta. <laughs> Give it a follow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel no, like what is it? Ball guys, at Big Ball Guys are pretty good one. I was going to go with uh, with the Visor Daddy, but mm, visor I was wondering daddy. if you guys had any good suggestions. Sirianni's a Visor guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. You're not an Eagles head coach if you don't have a Visor. You know, Chip, uh, you know, Post Andy. Yeah. Gruden rocks and visors as OC back in the day. There you go. Look, that's a mixed bag. <laughs> yeah. You got to have the hair, right? Like, Doug pulled it off so well because he's like, he has a great hair. Yeah, no, it almost I looks like Sirianni one of those. Uh... Sirianni's a good looking guy. I think he rocks. The, you, don't, you don't need to have the outrageous flow and the kind of like flowing over the side almost the way Doug did. I think I think he looks fine in it. We, we kind of talked touched on this earlier. I want to get everyone's take here, uh, whoever wants to weigh in. Let me start with, well, I don't know, whoever. Um, what do we think of Sirianni's energy and everything? Do we like that? Do we think it's fake? Do we think it's a gimmick? Uh, how do we feel about It'll get it? really tiring if they're, if they're bad right away. But I, I appreciate an enthusiasm. Again, I kind of said this, I don't know if everyone was here, where there's no excitement for this team. I know uh, Dwayne gave us some uh, reasons for optimism, and I love it. I, I want to be optimistic about this team. I want to be optimistic about Jalen Hurts. I want to be optimistic about Nick Sirianni, though we obviously have you know, our issues with both the ownership and management and the way that they have gotten us to this rock bottom for the Eagles in the 21st century. Um, but does he have – he gives me some kind of Ted Lasso vibes and kind of his over-the-top earnestness and in, you know the way that maybe it doesn't work out, maybe he's not cut out for this, but uh, the way that – uh, the Grant, the the writer for the Independent, says, "I won't celebrate his demise with the way he's bringing that energy here." Do you think Ted Lasso has had a tangible effect on coaching hires in all the four sports? Maybe at least will. at least two or three. Uh, yeah, I don't know about wonder, all four yet. I wonder if that's true too. I wonder if like how many billionaires or you know sports owners are just sitting at home watching Jason Sudeikis pretend to be. A man, a man child idiot. Char- yeah, from a, a man child idiot who people love, and you know, from like a character that's based on commercials for soccer. And I wonder how many billionaires are watching this and being like, "We need one of these guys. This guy gets it. He bakes cookies. <laughs> they're biscuits, actually. They're not cookies. In England, they call them chips. I know. I get where the Eagles are coming from. You know, after. I mean, I can kind of see why the Eagles hired him now. I mean, I'm not going to say they made the right hire because have of this. Have you seen but, Ted like, Lasso? I have not yet. Oh, I remember you telling it, me about it. You, you oh, man, you got to lock it back to us. 
look, I'm way behind on everything. So like the easiest person of all time to root for. But I mean, I mean, I think that's what they really kind of almost wanted. Like a guy. I mean, look, it's a young coaching staff across the board. They 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 have this vision in mind. This is going to be like you know more of a long term thing. They want a guy who has this energy, and I guess hope it can be sustained. Because <laughs> I think we saw you know Doug's energy worn down basically by the end. Um, I like it uh, as a, it has to be a tool in the toolbox. It can't be like. You know, it can't be this. It can't be who he is. It can't be rah rah guy all the time. This, no, he needs not... to have the offensive acumen to back it up and it amplify. You know, well, there's his... time to pull back too That's and be like, too. like normal. Yeah, not... yeah, 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 yeah. Who's I mean, the most but... successful energy guy right now? I think it's Pete Carroll, right? Probably. Is Rayburn? Yeah, least... Would you consider Rayburn an energy guy? <sighs> Maybe. I guess Kinda. He wants guy. to cut his his penis off. Yeah, uh, to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So like, he did kind of like that, that old Carson Wentz. Wentz wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't I, want to do it for a Super Bowl. He just wanted to he do. He just it. wanted to yeah. do it because that's what he's into. Yeah, makes sense. No shame. Um, um I was yeah, definitely that, getting some Sean McVay vibes. Uh, from, which... I, yeah, I, I was wondering about that because yeah, the energy guys—they're not usually young, or you know, I feel like the successful ones aren't usually young. In fact, I don't really think if we have a good a good blueprint for like a young successful guy lately. How about a, an energy guy in Philly too? Like, have we seen that before? Because no, uh, right? No. It's true I though. I mean, it. I feel like, like yeah, I feel like Andy, even me, I'm not into it. Andy Stoic, uh, Chip is like he's not an energy guy. He's in, he's in just an a hole. Yeah, he's like smarmy and uh, smarmy you know. is a good word for it. Oh, that. you know who was an energy guy? Gabe Kapler. He was an energy guy. Okay, yeah, people loved him. People oh, loved man. Gabe Kapler. That's true. Was was he closer to the the, the chip smarmy than pure energy? I guess he's a little I mean, bit. I mean, I, you know, ultimately, Buddy he was wins. an energy guy. All him and his zero playoff. He was, yeah. Uh, uh, people loved him. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any Sixers coaches. Is Jim, was Jim was Jim Lynam an energy guy? He is on Sixers pregame I, live on I the one of the Sports he, Philadelphia. He brings it every time. Yeah. I uh, I wonder. When do we see the first Sirianni like Dallas thing? Right, like it's like you know, oh, I hate the Cowboys. Oh, you know, like, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's gonna come. Good. They're gonna make such. A, yeah, gonna make such it a, up. Yeah. Oh man, going to get an estimator over here to see what it would cost to fix a wall that hasn't even been run through yet. But I know it will be <laughs> once we see his first comments about how much he hates Dallas and how it's different in this city and how we hate them. You know. All that good stuff. We have a question in the chat from Tyler Neefsey. It's what fictional non-football coach would you want to hire to coach the Eagles? So fictional non-football coach. Ted Lasso. Besides him. Yeah. Okay. So like, a, yeah. like a fictional basketball have... coach or something? Uh, yeah. Or James whatever. Earl Jones in Field of Dreams. Hmm. He was not a coach, but. My mind went to Coach Carter. Is that fair? Is that oh, yeah. a real? Is that based on a real story? I think. Uh, crap. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson specifically as Coach Carter. Um, who would be a good Mr. One? Miyagi? What about uh? Remember the Titans? Uh, real, just, real guy. That's football. Yeah, Sorry, and it's also football yeah, too. It's football. So yeah. Both those uh, take both qualifiers out of there. Totally missed. I don't know. This is hard. Um, I guess oh, he's football, but like the Friday Night's Lights TV show isn't really based on concrete stuff the way the movie was. So if we're just getting, I know he's football coach, but Coach Eric Taylor would be my mm. choice, even though, again, obviously a football. I'd probably coach. just hire John. Vaughan, we have just straight up. Okay. I don't know. We have uh, Mick, Mick from Rocky is in here in the chat from Devin. Oh, Surreal. okay. Uh, Corbin, you reason me, Coach Carter. That's it. Tom Hanks. What was Tom, what was Tom, Tom Hanks? Hanks was a real person. You can't fool okay. me. Okay. League of Their Own. But also, <laughs> it was sort of based on a real story, but I don't know if they were like concrete. I don't think they were like concrete people, even though uh-huh. it is based on a, the true women's league that occurred in the, in the States during World War II. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. I think that might be the best guess, besides Ted. Which Which league do we think makes the best? Transition. Yeah, like which let's just, like let's just you know take out the specific names, just going by like is it basketball? I like I'm thinking baseball jumps. because you have like the old school stoic coach is was mm. my first thought. And they I had to deal like with more people too, right? The NFL is the only 
Football's the only sport where the coach actually like does something moment to moment. Yeah. So I feel like that would be a hard skill to replace with any of the people that we've really talked about so far. Maybe hockey because the the shift changes and stuff. I'm yeah. not the world's biggest hockey. So you want to you want to go with uh, Gordon Bombay? I think that was his name, right? It was. Uh, Lobby yeah, can coach. Lobby I want the, uh, the football I want team. The in my coach book. of the the Iceland team. Oh yeah. Um, Actually, I feel he like Gordon Bombay always had to have like the kids on his team help him. It's like he's like not that good, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he would like. Uh, he would like. He would. Give it all over to, to Carson Wentz. He would have him, no accountability, have him doing everything. Yeah, instead of you on Philly Philly, yeah, let's do it. He'd be like, if you want Philly Philly, he'd be like, whatever you say, boss. You're the one calling the shots, pal. You yeah, have to see yeah, on your yeah. chest. Yeah, I just work here. Did we announce, oh, this is, we could kind of, I think this is a good closing point. Who do we think okay. the captains are this year? So two, two on offense, two on defense, and. Flacco? No, I'm kidding. Uh, hurts. Uh... I think it's Hurts, yeah. Well, yeah. He's so we're gonna we're we're assuming. Wait, it goes back to the normal one, not last year. They had like fifty captains. Well, what was it? Last, let's just say if there were two, two and one. I think they had like three, three. And That's one. how it used they to be. Left. Yeah, they expanded so just say last year. Two for six. Just do six. Uh, yeah, let's say six. Yeah, two. Well, hurts. No, I, th- I think it's five. Actually, I think it's gonna go back to five. Let's say because the oh, two so offense, one, two offense, two defense, teamer. one special teams. Um, I'm gonna say yeah, hurts. Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey. I think is a lock. BG McLeod. Uh, Brandon Graham, um, yeah, Rodney, and then Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott. Uh, it could be Elliott. It, honestly, I don't want. The, they don't probably want to make it the captain a guy who they might actually end up cutting at a random point during the season. I, I don't think they can cut him during the season this year. Uh, like the financially, contract. they can't. But like, in yeah, the way that they actually might want to. Well, you could give it to Rick Lovato if you want. I actually think that's yeah. that's the move. Yeah, Rick Lovato. Yeah, what a great pick. Boy, he, <laughs> he snaps the hell out of that ball. Right? Well, hey, he, he, he was a Pro Bowl snapper last year. Pro yeah. Bowl long snapper, Rick Lovato, immortalized in Novacare Complex. You would not believe. <laughs> God, he is, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when the, uh, that whole Doran Boss thing came up and, like, with him, like, they they did a presentation. Did you ever you guys ever hear about this? Like they did a they actually did like a presentation to the team at some level, like why they were going with Rick Lovato instead. Like they put the information together in terms of like how fast Lovato was like snapping the ball, the spin rate and everything. Do you think it was like a YouTube video set to like some stupid song? <laughs> That's what I like to think of it. Like Thirty like, seconds to Mars. Yeah, and it's just got like some dubstep drop right in the middle. They show him like just snapping the ball over and over again. <laughs> they pause it, the drop hits, and then you know. Did you ever I see that it. video back in the day of John Clark going around the city with Mike Bartram and he was like snapping yes. the ball into, into a mailbox into yeah. uh, like a McDonald's drive through someone mm-hmm. repurposed it on Twitter recently. I think there's like a random Philly athletes account. It's called uh, awesome account, but I think they posted on there uh, with my guy, Johnny Clark. And it was tremendous content. I remember watching it live. That sounds probably good. close to 20 years ago. At this point. Brandon, can you uh, send that to me later? Sure. I'll try to find it and send it to, Brandon, he could send it to you. There okay, we go. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to you directly. So. Yeah, keep a middle. Keep a middleman <laughs> in there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, as we're winding down, because we have the Phil start in seven oh five here. For anyone who cares, six years Celtics seven thirty big one. Um, do we have any final thoughts? Any burning desires that anyone has to get off their off their chest, either here on stage or in the chat? We didn't talk Let's about say, the number oh, change. Devin wants to hop in. Yeah, uh, what's up, Devin? What's going on, Devin? Uh, not too much. Yeah, I just one thing I wanted to piggyback off when you're talking about the like likability with Sirianni being a quality, is that I also kind of I feel like Hertz is intensely likable, like more so than any of his play. I just kind of like the guy, and I I guess maybe less so than other people. I kind of don't care if they're kind of bad this year. I'm just kind of excited to root for the team. I know what you mean. You want some enjoyability, even though you want to go in there knowing that this probably isn't a playoff season, but that there's guys that are easy to root for, whether it's Sirianni and Hurts, or that they have some dynamic flashes on offense, which is more than you could say at any point last year. Maybe they go, you know, six and what would it be now, 11, but you had some fun games in there. You saw some nice moments with Hurts, and you said, no, I I enjoyed a couple of Sundays, knew we weren't going to make the playoffs, and it is what it is, that type of feel. 
Yeah, kind of like uh, you know, in an in an optimal world, it'd be like the last four weeks of 2019. Yeah, where you're like you kind of go into the game not expecting to win because you have a bunch of middling talent, but then when you do well, it's like a more ecstatic experience than watching a good team win. I know what you mean. The un- the unexpected, and when you're rooting for your team to win when you're not expecting to win, creates like a greater high than when you're expecting them to win and they win. Just covering the team. I mean, I totally see that every year. Like when any year the Eagles are expected to be good, kind of like again, they were in 2018, 2019. Everyone's like, I hate this. I hate everyone in the comments is like, I hate how much hype we're getting. I just, cause you know, everyone's afraid of getting let down. Um, so I, I don't think you want to be in this spot that the Eagles to are prepare in right for now. the playoffs this year then. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think it, this is too far in the other end extreme of that, though. Like, I don't think you want to be like – you kind of want like – 2017 expectations were perfectly ideal. So it was like I, the Eagles I, weren't I, great, but it was like you could kind of see they were poised to take a step up because like they were kind of better in point differential and stuff. And, you know, it was like Carson's like second year. Games. Yeah, yeah. Like there, were, there was reason to think they could make a jump, but, actually, but it wasn't like – you know, oh, the Eagles are Super Bowl favorites. Like, it wasn't like this huge jump they were expected to make. Yeah, they, like, they, had, they had finished in fourth place the year prior. Yep. So, so I totally hear that. It's all about expectations. What do, you right. think, what do you think they're finishing, Devin? What's your record prediction? 17-game yeah. schedule prediction. What do you got? You, you know what? I, it's like I, I'm going to go with, like, a 7-10 and 10 thing. I okay. guess I'd want, want them to beat that spread, but I don't want to – you know, I want to maintain this attitude where I'm happy if they do half decent. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a – depending, you know, on how they get there, because that could, you know, vary. Uh, I think that's a pretty reasonable expectation on terms of, like, the higher side, too. Like, I think that's that, – like, if Hertz plays well and they're winning seven games because he's playing really well, then, like, that could be encouraging. And, like, you know, Sirianni looks good. Uh, and I guess, like, the reason why they're not winning – you know, more like, you know, well, just because like the roster is just, like still not good. Like it's clear like yeah. they just don't have the overall talent, but like there's, there's flashes and like maybe there's like a big game or two. That's like a signature game for Hertz for like, you know, down. Night, yeah. Hype video. He's leading them out of the tunnel. <laughs> he actually rips off the head of swoop and it's Nick Sirianni. In the <laughs> Something like that. Julian City smashing the over on six point five. I I like the energy. I'm I, on the other end. I I did I'm bet expecting to win the division like a month or two ago just for the heck. Wow. Of it. I mean, like I mean, like a like a fifteen or twenty dollar bet or something. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad long shot bet, or you know, like a yeah, just uh, for like yeah. you know. I I always do a bet for that for for all the four Philly teams. To, you know, usually I do to win the championship. But I wasn't going to get that wild. This no. Year. Eagles. That's that's, that's just a waste of money this year. Yeah, so just to win a division, why not? My, right. my uh, just to give my justification quickly for that. Uh, sure, go ahead. Would be we look, look at what happened when the last time we had such a bad record. We went ten and six the following season after the four and twelve season, mm-hmm. and I just don't think this. I think the expectations are intentionally being set low here so that they can kind of you know shock the world and kind of win back the fans. That's kind of my theory. And, BLG um, going to be looking like a down bad scent when they go 4-0 and in September. <laughs> I totally hear that argument. Like, I, I've seen that quite a bit. Like, the Eagles don't stay down for long. And I think there's validity to making that point because it's true. And they don't. Because they're they, from Philadelphia and they fight. That's why. They're, they're it has from nothing Philadelphia to do with the team itself. I just think this is like the exception. I really do. I think the state they're in has never been this bad. I, re- I genuinely believe that. Like people talk about, they were so bad. They're such bad shape after Chip left. Like I, I really don't think they were. They weren't in amazing shape, but they weren't in like this. I mean, like they're going to be. So I was just doing the math on this recently. Twenty five percent of their salary cap this year is going to players who are not on the roster. Like a quarter of the money they can spend on players, and obviously a lot of that is Wentz. But there's more in there. And eight percent of it is already gone for next year, so it's just like, like this team just isn't in good shape in terms of management and everything. Coaching is yet to be seen. I, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. As long as they love ball, it's a successful season. You got to know ball to love ball, right? Yeah, well, it goes without saying, of course. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, seven's here, so we're going to wrap this up. It was, it was a lot of fun. As always, we'll be doing more of these, as I say, leading up to the draft. 
Uh, I don't know but when exactly, but at some point next week, likely you'll be doing another one. So make sure you follow me on here. So give Seamus a follow. Uh, so that way you can actually, and by when I say here, for those listening on the replay, follow me on the Locker Room app because you can actually get a uh, notification when we go live, and that way you don't miss a session. You know, We also post about it on BleedingGreenNation.com, so you can also check about it there. Podcast brought to you by Right to Song Craft Jerky. Go to RightToSong.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off some Righteous Felon Craft Jerky and meat snacks and other products they have. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Check it mm-hmm. out. Yeah. 15% off. And I think that just about does it. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks again, everyone, for joining. And if you're listening on the replay, for listening on the replay.